Last week we established the theme for our series, and in your outline it was, read it with me, my hunger determines my direction. Let's all say it again. My hunger Whatever you are hungry for is where you will spend your time. It's where you spend your talent. It's where you spend your treasure. Whatever you are hungry for is what will cause you to do something that you would not normally do. Whatever you are hungry for becomes a direction of what the choices you make will take you. If you want chicken, what what are you going to go get? Chicken. You want steak, what are you going to go get? Steak. If you want porn, what are you going to go get? That just adjusted a little bit, didn't it? Your hunger will take you in the direction of where your choice will let you go. (laughs) Got you on that one, huh? (laughs) Whoa. Wow. Whatever the desire in your heart is, your hunger for that desire will lead you to a place where that hunger can be filled. I'm going to say that again. You didn't catch up. You're still worried about me saying porn. Whatever the desire in your heart is, your hunger for that desire will lead you to the place where that hunger can be filled. So if you are desiring porn, what are you going to go do? You're going to go fill that desire. If you are desiring the presence of God, what are you going to go do? You're going to fill that. Whatever you hungry for, the desire that you have for it will cause you to go to a place and fulfill or fill that desire for that need to be met in your outline. The greatest challenge in life is being hungry when you are full. If you have dined at the table of what the world offers every day, when it comes time to encounter God on Sunday, you come full of something that will not give you the fulfillment of what you need. When you are full of the world, it's hard to be hungry for God. If you know more about what's going on in current events, you have dined at the table with the world all day long, you have filled yourself up on a food that will not satisfy the need of the fulfillment that you're looking for. I have no problem with being aware if that's something that interests you. But the greatest challenge in life is to be hungry for God when you're full of the world. Last week we talked about how each of us at church are ministers. Did you know that? You are a minister. We all minister out of two different priesthoods. The, the first priesthood was the priesthood of, do you may remember? Three-letter word? Wow. <laughs> you better answer down. <laughs> The priesthood of Eli. And here you can minister to people, but you cannot minister to God. The second priesthood was Zadok. He got it over here. Look, look, at, the, look at that. The, the priesthood of Zadok. You're looking at your notes from last week, aren't you? You got your Bible. No? All right. You can minister to people, and at the same time that you can minister to people, you allow yourself to sit at the table with God and minister to God. And so what does it mean to minister to God? There are different ways we can minister to God. Uh, we, we do it from what we just did. Worship. Uh, through intercession through serving, through abiding. There there are many different ways you can minister to God. And when you look at the Old Testament text, ministering to the Lord boiled down to two different things. You minister to God by waiting on God, and you minister to God by waiting on God. (laughs) Let me explain. Let's look in your notes. 
How do we minister God? By you wait on God. Write down number one, serve Him. This is like a, uh, at, a, at a lunch. You go out to lunch and, they, and the hostess serves you your lunch, serves you your drink, serves you your food. You wait on God. You are a servant to God. The second way you minister to God is you wait on God by, write this down, abide with Him. You can do these things and God will not be ministered to if you are ministering to God out of the priesthood of Eli. So how do we get from moving out of the priesthood of Eli to the priesthood of Zadok? We're going to unfold what that is going to look like over the next 12 minutes of this message. I'm going to cut it down for time's sake. But my desire for you to know is that God wants to be known. He wants you to be in relationship with it. He wants to know you. And my prayer for each of us during this series and beyond is that we hunger for God. We hunger to be in close relationship. We hunger to hear the voice of God. We hunger to know the will of God and fulfill the will of God that's upon our lives. We hunger to wait upon God. I saw Dave Ramsey post a, uh, well, one of his people posted on Facebook this last week. If your actions don't align with your goal, what's the point of making them? Applying to what we're talking about. If your goal is to be close to Jesus, but yet you don't spend time getting to know Him, your intention becomes irrelevant. The world is full of people that have the best intentions. I've heard people say, whenever I get this, I'll do this. When God, whenever you give me more money, I'll start giving more to the church. Or God, whenever you get, come speak to me in an audible voice, and I know that I know that I know this is what I'm supposed to then I will do, then, then I will go and do what I think that you call me to do. Let me just tell you the word from God today. No! It doesn't work like that. <laughs> Your intentions get you nowhere. We talked about it in our last series. People of faith make actions. We start stepping out in faith. When we are full of the world, I have discovered our intentions become more important to us. <laughs> Read into that. We give priority to our intentions. We tell people our intentions. We tell them our intentions as fact as if we are going to do it. And whatever we say that we are going to do, the intention becomes that. It stays the intention. Our intentions keep us from thinking we are full when in reality we are running on empty. <laughs> Whenever you are hungry for God, you start moving in the direction that God wants you to move. Braden, when you are hungry for God, you stop looking at things as obstacles. Oh, I just don't know if I can do that. I just don't think it's in me. No. When you're hungry for God, you stop making excuses why you haven't done what God's called you to do. When you are genuinely hungry for God, you say, God, I'm going all in. Purge me of anything and everything so that I can walk by faith, so I can be used by God to fulfill what the plan and call of God is upon my life. When you are hungry for God, you will draw near to Him. 
The Bible says in James chapter 4 in your outline, draw near to God and draw near to you. Last week we talked on personal holiness. This week we're going to talk about being in a place where we draw near to God. Let's look at our text for today in 2 Timothy chapter 2 in your outline. Now in a great house... There are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. Verse 21, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. When you understand that there are vessels of honor and dishonor, God is promoting some and it seems like demoting others. If you ever get yourself to a place where you're playing a game with Christianity, you can only do so for a season. To summarize last week, the priesthood of Eli is the vessel of dishonor. The priesthood of Zadok is the vessel of honor. Do you want all of God? The Bible says that if any man discerns they are a vessel of dishonor and they purge themselves of those things, they become set apart as holy and useful to the master of the house to make yourself useful for the ministry that Jesus has for your life. If you want to draw near to God, you have to become set apart, holy, and useful. Am I mad yet? <laughs> if you want to minister to God, write down number one, you have to be set apart. You have to be set apart. Romans 1 says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. Whenever you become useful, you exhibit, write down number one, you exhibit his character. When you are set apart, you exhibit His character. In other words, you write down number two, you take on the attributes of God. In the Greek, the term that set apart means from these things. A vessel for honor is separated from these things, meaning sin. You have to live your life in such a way that you are set apart from others. You don't do what others do. You don't say what others say. You don't act in ways that others act. What is the character of Christ? When you are set apart, you go through a process, a process that is a breaking process. There is a song that has the lyrics, break my heart for what breaks yours. The process of weaning away from the table of the world, of filling yourselves up on something that will not satisfy you, is not an easy process. In, in fact, it's not even a natural process because we are born into sin. But what I can say is when you've been nibbling for years on the world's table, setting yourself apart becomes very difficult. But when you learn how to dine at the table with God, Setting yourself apart becomes natural. Setting yourself apart becomes the instinct of who you are. The fruits of the Spirit become seen in your life. We pray over our kids all the time. 
God set them apart. Keep, sorry if your kid's the bad kid that we're praying for, but keep the bad kids away from my good kids. <laughs> I'm just teasing. You all have great kids. Except for that one that's over there. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But we pray, God, set them apart because there's a calling of God upon their lives. And I don't want anyone to come into their life and interfere with the calling that you have placed upon their lives. So God, set them apart. We pray it over our kids, but how come we don't claim it over ourselves? God, set me apart. Set me apart so I can do what you've called me to do. So I can draw near to you. You cannot entertain the world and dine with the Father. I knew not many people were going to show up to this series because it's going to be a tough one. We're just, we're just now getting started. If you set your, thank you. If you set yourself apart, you set yourself up to become, write down number two, holy. If you set yourself apart, you set yourself up to become holy. First Peter says, be holy because I am holy. You exhibit right down his heart. Whenever you are uh, um, uh, operating under the this distinction of walking in holiness, you exhibit the heart of God. In other words, right down number two, you take on the nature of God. If you want to live your life in such a way that is pleasing to God, personal holiness is got to be the forefront of what God has called you to be. Humility becomes a voice in your life. Whenever you're talking in a conversation, is it always about you or is it about the other person? Are you always bringing up what you did or are you talking about the other person? Humility becomes a part of your life. Number three, purity becomes a part of your life. You set yourself apart and because you've set yourself apart, you become holy. And when you become holy, you take on the characteristics of God and God's word says that he is holy. And because he is holy, I want to be at the table with God. Therefore, I've got to become holy. So purity has to be about my life, faithful to the call of God that's upon my life, to be spiritually minded, to become like Jesus. The nature of God should be the natural lifestyle for us as believers. Did I talk too long on that one? When you are holy, you have separated yourself from the things that dishonor God. You become a vessel of honor. In this place, Holiness allows you to enter into the presence of God. We just had an extended time of worship unplanned. But I can tell you, I've spent all week praying that on Sunday I can encounter God. And then when I get here, I can't be surprised. But if I've been dining at the table of the world all week long, when I get to church, it's just another activity that I've got to go through. And so I used to sit there and wonder, how come this person receives from God and this person doesn't? And the older I've gotten, I've realized because one's dined at the world all week long. Once you are set apart, once you become holy, then you become, write down number three, useful for the work of ministry. Philippians 1 says, I am 
to go on living. This will mean useful and productive. When you become useful, you write down 3-1, you exhibit his lifestyle. In other words, you take on the, write down number two, the person of God. Here you've been equipped to do the ministry of Jesus. You step out in faith and begin to operate in your calling. You begin to do what God wants you to do instead of what you want to do. When you are useful for the kingdom, God will use you to minister to other people. You have to understand this world is not for us. We are here to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we are, when we are not useful for the kingdom, we will not be able to do what we were created, designed, and purposed, and destined to do. God has an incredible plan for our lives. A plan that involves purpose and hope. A plan that will cause other people to know Jesus. Let me ask you a question. I'm going to put you all on the spot. We're family, right? Casey doesn't mind if I do this. He said I can. How many of you have led someone to Christ? Raise your hand. Be honest. If you haven't, that's okay. Okay. All right. How many, put your hand down. How many people have prayed for somebody and saw a miracle or something take place? Raise your hand. Okay. Um, how many of you have spoken something encouraging to someone else and they received it? Yeah, okay. I thought that would get the rest of us. I'm your friend, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm, okay. <laughs> you got to say it that way. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run off script here for a second. When, whenever you've tasted something and you've liked what you've tasted, you begin to have a desire for that taste again to be fulfilled. If you've never led someone to Jesus, you don't know what it tastes like. So therefore, you don't see the need to continue to do it. But once you have been a part of leading someone to Christ, what does that do for you? Man, you want to, it charges you up. You look at the next person as they're going to hell too. and It's your dad and you know that he's not. But it's like you, just, you have that ambition in you like, I just led this person to Christ. Who's next? Whenever you're not hungry for God, it's because you've never tasted his presence. You've never tasted what he has for you. You don't know that the hunger is there. You've never had that hunger, that, that thirst quenched. And so I wonder, and this is just us talking now, I wonder if we would become more excited about building the church if individually we had tasted more of God. We'd be more excited about sharing our lives with someone else if individually we've tasted more of what that can do for us and in us. So I wonder if that's the problem. We haven't tasted it enough to want it bad enough. 
(laughs) Whenever you're hungry for something, you'll do whatever it takes to fulfill that hunger. So if you're hungry for God to move, you'll do what it takes to fulfill that move of God in your life. If you're hungry to see your church built, you finish the sentence. None of that's here. I'm just thinking out loud. If if you're hungry for the Spirit of God, hmm. our our purpose here at Pathway, does anybody know it? Four words? Courtney gets an A. Believe, belong, become, build. This series of hunger is the becoming. I don't need music. You can shut it off. That's the announcement slide, dude. The the becoming is what we have to do to build. If we don't become what God's called us to become, we can't build what God's called us to become, to, to build. Sorry. Let me say it again. If we don't become what God's called us to become, we can't build what God's called us to build. Okay? So if we want to build the kingdom of God, we've got to become what God has called us to become. If we are going to become what God has called us to become, we have to be set apart, holy, and useful for the ministry. Hmm, funny how that plays out, isn't it? If we establish what we are hungry for, that thing in which we established our hunger is for is a direction that we will go. If you are hungry, you begin to stir up the desires in your heart of that which you are hungry for. If you are hungry for the Spirit of God to move in your life, if you are hungry for the church of God to be built and established in this community, if you are hungry for God to use you the way that He wants to use you, you've got to begin to stir up that desire, that hunger in your life. If you don't stir it up, no one else will. And God will find someone to do what He's called you to do. So what are you stirring up in your heart today? I am hungry to draw near to God. Because I know whenever we draw near to God, We become useful for ministry. And let me tell you, if we're not useful for ministry, we have no point in breathing on this earth. Mom, will you come back up here? We're going to change this all around. (laughs) She's like, oh, no. What did I do? How many of you want God to speak to you? Raise your hand. All right, hands down. How many of you... Feel, be honest, don't lie, we're in church. How many of you feel you hear God's voice easily? I didn't think so. Okay. How many of you want the Spirit of God to be active in your life? How many of you don't do what you need to do to get that to happen? (laughs) Yeah. So what does that mean we have to do? We got to stir it up. So that's what we're going to do. Mom, can we stir it up? Yeah, I thought so. You want to stir it up? 
Because we will not have a church just like another church service. We don't need another church in town. We need a church full of people who are stirred up to be drawn near to the presence of God. So that when you come in here all week long, you haven't been at the world's table. You've been at the table of God. And everything we do, everything you touch, everywhere you go, victory happens. Faith happens. Life transformation happens. Because we've been in the presence of God all week long. So when we come to church to get together corporately, the power of God manifests and no one leaves the way they walked in. Thank you for tuning in today. For more content like this, visit our website, www.pathwaychurchok.com to see the variety of ways you can download this content and so much more. It's our pleasure that you would tune in, and we believe that if you take the content you just heard, write down the parts that spoke to you, and work on a plan to apply it, you will not be the same person a year from now. We hope today you can take this content, apply it, share it, let it change you, and you can become all God has called you to become. Thank you again for tuning in. We'll be together again soon. Until then, keep growing.